Hey, Salt Lake, at the risk of being too personal, is your mattress sagging? If you are rolling into a taco every night, I am begging you to visit your local mattress warehouse and just try something a little firmer. Your spine is the center of your being, and I don't just want you to have good posture. I want you to Disney princess your way around this city, flush with optimism from a good night's sleep. Visit mattresswarehouseutah.com to find the location nearest you. That's mattresswarehouseutah.com. Here's what Salt Lake's talking about. The snow in the Wasatch last week reminds us that fall is a short season. So we are bringing you a three-part guide to making the most of it on your precious weekends. Today in part one, I'm giving lead producer Emily Means my tips for getting away to Utah's mighty five national parks without actually stepping foot inside the parks themselves, because we should not be battling crowds to get a look at the Red Rocks. We're locals. It's Monday, September 25th. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Ali Vallarta, you've been to most of Utah's national parks, but you've got some fall trip ideas for us that don't require stepping foot in any of them. What is the case for recreating in the shadow of the parks instead of the parks themselves? Damn straight, Emily Means. And I got to tell you, like, part of the reason I've only been to three of our five, our big five national parks is because I keep having so much fun not in the national parks that I actually can't bring myself now to plan trips that include visiting the national parks. But look, I mean, our national parks famously called America's Best Idea, no disagreement there. But as Utahns, We are fortunate to have, A, better intel than most tourists, and B, closer access to these places than most tourists. And that means that we don't need to be necessarily following the path of least resistance. We can kind of get around the parameter of these parks and find places to camp or hike or recreate or get a meal that are cheaper and just as fun and just as beautiful. And and that is, in this essay, I will explain. (laughs) (laughs) So we've got insider knowledge, and Mm -hmm. we should use that insider knowledge is what you're saying. Allie, I am with you. I haven't been to all of the national parks, but you might be surprised to know that I actually have been to two of them. Wow. Which ones? Uh, I've been to Zion and I've been to Arches. So, you know, probably the very most famous and crowded of our five national parks. But both times, I think I went in like the spring. Why is fall a good time to plan a trip to these places? Yeah, I mean, spring is famously desert season, but so is fall. It's a great time to explore southern Utah. The days are warm. The sun is still hot and bright. But then the nights are cool, similar to spring. Um, For me, it's kind of an opportunity to stave off the impending winter. Like, it helps me just push back my seasonal depression by catching a lot of rays in southern Utah. And then the other thing I will say that's amazing about fall in Red Rock Country is that we often think of, like, the leaves changing and some of that, like, iconic fall scene. We often think of fall as being, like, an alpine sort of habit, but... 
leaves change in the desert too. So like no way. if you drive through Bluff, Utah, you're going to see aspen trees that are just as blushing as they are, you know, at Sundance or Snowbird. And there is something really cool about the juxtaposition of like the red rock landscape with red trees. I just think it's special. Yeah, get out in the fall. Ooh, sounds beautiful and romantic and picturesque. Indeed. Okay, Allie, let's get into it. Let's tackle Utah's Mighty Five and the areas surrounding them because that's what we're focused on. We are not trying to send you to a park. We are sending you to the communities around the park. Uh, first up, how about Zion? It's nearly a four-hour drive from Salt Lake City. Where should we go? We can call these PAGs, park-adjacent getaways, Emily, I like it. if we want to brand it. I'm not surprised to hear you say that Zion is one of the parks that you visited. It is one of the most visited national parks in the entire country. Hmm. In 2021, Emily, more than 5 million people went to Zion. Like, that's 2 Holy million more moly. people than basically the entire population of Utah. So that in and of itself is a okay. good case for staying around the perimeter of the park, right? So with that said, if we're thinking about where to be hiking, where to be camping, where to be exploring and getting Zion-esque views in that area, it's Snow Canyon. It's Snow Canyon State Park. And right near there is also the Dameron Valley, which is also gorgeous. Um, but I would say like, yeah, the next time you're planning your weekend getaway, think about Snow Canyon instead of Zion. And if I could offer another tip here, I actually think the journey to the St. George area really begins in Cedar City. Like getting to Zion, you actually get to stop at some of my favorite places in Utah. One of them is the Red Rock Pistachio Orchard in Hurricane. Have you heard Wait, of this place or been there? No, they're growing pistachios down there? They are growing pistachios down there. And here's why, Emily, because actually the climate of southwestern Utah is very similar to the climate in Iran or Iraq where pistachios originate. What? And the pistachios that grow at the Red Rock Pistachio Farm are very, very sweet and very bright green. And you can visit this orchard on your way down to quote unquote Zion, Alt Zion, Snow Canyon. And you can like pick your own, you can just pick up a bag to snack on for the weekend. And as it happens, fall is harvesting season. Oh, my God. What an absolute treat, Allie. And right? let me just say, as an indoor girl, mm -hmm. I am excited to see that you've got some food recommendations for us, <laughs> yeah. starting with the pistachio orchard. Exactly. So do you have anything else along those lines? Like, it's all about where am I going to eat in this place? Yeah, totally agree. So, gosh, I mean... I just know you're going to love this so much. Okay. In Cedar City, which you will drive through before you drive into St. George, there is a pastry shop that is like a tiny, tiny, it almost looks like a shed with a couple tables in front, in the middle of a parking lot that is operated by a French pastry chef that I am told has previously received Michelin stars. <laughs> And you can buy the most beautiful little tarts and other pastry delights from him in the middle of a parking lot in Cedar City. It's right between, okay, so you know on kind of Main Street in Cedar City, in this parking lot right next to Centro Pizza, 
is this little like shack. And if the chef isn't at the time like there, you like ring the bell and he just kind of like runs out from a nearby building. And everything is seasonal and gorgeous. Like they do apricot. They, well, my favorite that they do is a plum tart. Oh, so you can stop there and also get little snacks. So by the time you're in Snow Canyon, I mean, you're snacking on locally grown pistachios. You're waking up and eating pastries for breakfast. You're glamping. You're glamping. Yes. You're speaking my language. Okay, Allie, next park, Capitol Reef, three and a half hour drive from Salt Lake City. What are we looking at in this area? So where I'm hanging out instead of Capitol Reef National Park is Boulder and Escalani area. Okay. So I love telling people I'm going to Boulder and they think Boulder, Colorado. Wrong. I'm going to Boulder, Utah, a tiny, tiny town. And then sort of nearby, you have Escalani, Utah. But actually, Escalante, like, National Monument is in Boulder, Utah. So yeah. Now that I've confused you, here are some of the really incredible things worth seeing there. The hog's back is what it's called. So basically, if you have like kids and they don't want to be doing big hikes and treks, no problem because you can pack the car and drive from Boulder to Escalani over this like stretch of road called the hog's back that gets so narrow and fully drops off on either side of Scenic Byway 12 that everyone in the car will be screaming. Oh my God. <laughs> you know what, Ali? I visited Boulder and Escalani. Escalani. Escalante. Yeah. I think the pronunciation is definitely up for debate. But yeah, uh, Escalani is kind of like when people say, I used to say Escalante, but then I started working in rural Utah and it's Escalani. <laughs> Escalani. Yeah. This place is mind blowingly beautiful and terrifying. Uh-huh. Like, the vast expanse of rock, right? I just, I didn't expect it. And every time I looked around, I was just like, look at that rock. Look at that rock. My mind was blown. It's incredible. Yeah. And I mean, if you want to have kind of a luxury stay, you can stay at the Boulder Mountain Lodge. You can stay in the off season and get a discounted rate. They have rooms that accommodate pets, which is awesome if you're bringing the dog. A lot of the areas around here are dog friendly. And I think that's something that's worth mentioning, right? Like when we think about why not to go to national parks, why to party near national parks is because dogs aren't allowed in national parks to hike around, especially off-leash. In some places and ways, you can have them on-leash. If you want to really be trekking out with your pup, the national parks aren't for you. But I mean, also, if you're looking for a really affordable kind of way to camp and explore that area, the main road that takes you into Escalani to the actual monument, which as you said, is like just this jaw-dropping, like tall, 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 deep red rock formation that you drive through. Um, That road is called Burr Trail Road. And all along that road off to the side is dispersed camping, which means you can throw down your tent for free. You don't need a permit. There's like very little regulation. And that's kind of the point, right? Like you can just go and have a free kind of like camping experience. So that's fantastic. And then even in terms of just like local hikes there, there is probably the most popular hike is called Calf Creek Falls. And it takes you along this sandy path to a beautiful waterfall. And along the way, you're going to see some pretty cool stuff. Like you're going to see some like relics, you'll see some rock art, some petroglyphs. Um, But 
because that is the most popular hike, like it can be pretty busy, especially on like a Saturday morning. If you don't want to see basically a soul, you can hike Upper Calf Creek Falls, mm. where you instead hike down to the top of the waterfall, where there's a swimming hole you can actually jump into, which is very refreshing on a hot day. And you can bring the pup, and you're probably not going to see a soul. So that's my recommendation. And then, like, while you're there, if you're like, boy, I'm sick of all this red rock. Pfft, no one's ever said that, but whatever. Boulder Mountain, which the town is named after, is right there, and it's alpine. Like, you can be oh in my God. big beautiful deep green trees um hiking around and again like you're probably not gonna see a soul so and go ahead and ask me about food because i'm ready i will what can i eat here Allie? <laughs> okay at the boulder mountain lodge you can eat at hell's backbone grill which is a sort of famous farm to table little restaurant i'm gonna be honest it's not cheap it's no, not it's even not. affordable but if you want to splurge and have a big meal a big expensive meal it is truly charming. And then if you want something that's a little bit more like adventure food, the Escalani Outfitters makes wood-fired <gasps> pizzas. They are gorgeous and huge and like kind of gooey and crispy and you can have a beer and a slice of pizza and sit outside and that is kind of where like you know that's where the trail people are hanging out so yeah I had a slice of that pizza when I was there and my god did it hit the spot it's gorgeous the only thing I would say is if you're staying in Boulder do not have too many beers at Escalani Outfitters because you are going to have to drive the hogs back back to Boulder. And again, everyone in the car will be screaming because the road gets so narrow and drops off on either side. It's like a real Thelma and Louise adjacent situation. Yeah. Respect nature, okay? Respect nature. Salt Lake City, what if this is the year you host Easter dinner or brunch? Harmon's makes big meals easy to prepare with delicious holiday specialties made from scratch. Just heat and serve, baby. Lay a pre-cooked honey ham on the table and absorb the compliments from your family or friends. They don't need to know you napped instead of staring down the oven. And if you're not the host but need something to bring, here are just a few of my favorite spring ideas. First of all, Harmon's fragrant Easter lilies will impress anybody's mom or delight a neighbor. Now there's no need to even heat up a pre-made side like deviled eggs or fresh cut pineapple, but bonus points if you transfer them into your own dish. And as listeners of this show well know, I will lose my mind if you show up to my house with Harmon's Hot Cross Buns. I invite you to make some new Easter traditions with Harmon's. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the field. It go down. It go down in the field. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, Allie, let's move along to Bryce Canyon National Park. This is about a four-hour drive from Salt Lake City. What can we do without stepping foot inside the park? I mean, there are two really incredible sites that I would say are Bryce adjacent. And first of all, that scenic Byway 12 that we talked about in Boulder and Escalante, you can take that thing all the way down towards Bryce. It's a gorgeous road and go to Kodachrome Basin State Park. Kodachrome Basin, fun fact, was recently named in a roundup that Outside Magazine did of the most underrated parks in every state. It was named the most underrated park in Utah. And it is a beloved park, especially for the equestrian community, which I'm a part of because it's got a lot of great horse trails. But Kodachrome Basin State Park was named by the National Geographic Society. And it was named Kodachrome because if you're familiar with Kodachrome film, which was originated by the Kodak Company, it's the, the kind of film that they used in the 60s that produced those like really, really tonally rich kind of grainy photos can you picture it? It's like a woman like no, smoking but a I cigarette know the Paul in a teal Simon house. Song about Coke. Okay. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I believe you. Yeah. So it's like that and that is because the rock features there are just so emblematic of that. Like they're just oh totally rich and grainy. So Kodachrome Basin State Park total joy. And then also kind of near there is a place I love to take people that visit from out of town, which is the Coral Pink Sand Dunes. Free to drive up there and just like, I mean, listen, it's going to be a bit of a physical activity because walking in sand dunes, as you can imagine, asks a lot of all the tiny muscles in your legs. Um, But these sand dunes are actually pink. (laughs) And You can take your friends there and have a full, like, dune photo shoot, you know, like, (laughs) bring a scarf, wrap it around your face. Do a Duncan Idaho cosplay. Exactly. You can be, like, you can have your Timothy Chalamet moment. Um, I love to bring my dog. He runs around like an absolute maniac and exhausts all the tiny muscles in his legs. And it's, it's fun. And it's just, like, so vast you look out at it. And it is just all these little pockets of families, like, having a hilarious time rolling around in the sand they're also slidable so like you can climb up to the top of one and just like send your body fully down the sand dune it's I mean come on like that's so cool that's cool you can can't you like surf down them yes you can get a board and surf down that's so cool you can also just pull the wheels off your skateboard and bring it and have a great time oh and it doesn't hurt if you fall (laughs) who would have thunk who would have thunk All right, Allie, let's wrap it up with our two remaining national parks, Arches and Canyonlands, Mm -hmm. three and a half to four hour drive from Salt Lake City. Yeah. Um, Arches, probably one of the busiest national parks in the country, right? Yeah. I mean, the lines to get into Arches National Park are so extraordinary and so disruptive to the town of Moab at this point that actually the city of Moab debated pausing advertising on tourism for a while there because they were like we are so overwhelmed that we need to not be spending our tourism advertising dollars here um but you know what you don't need to sit in a car line 
to see a beautiful arch. Now, Delicate Arch is extraordinary. There's a reason it's on our license plates. But man, you get out there and it is just, you're queuing up for the photo, right? It's like Disneyland. Right? It is like Disneyland. It is, totally. You can hike to Corona Arch and Bowtie Arch, which are both on one trail. And they are accessible just outside the town of Moab. And again, you're probably not going to see very many people. And you can bring your dog. So if you want an arch pick, go to Corona Arch, right? And then I will say like Moab, we all often think of as being a super hot place. If you are there and it's a hot sunny day and you want to get your feet wet, Grand Staff Trail is really fun because it follows a creek. It has a crazy number of creek crossings. Oh, my Lord. Um, I'm not sure how many it is, but it's like upwards of 30 times that you have to cross this tiny little river. So like, you know, wear some sandals and do that. Professor Creek, similar outside Moab. I mean, that's just like a long, flat kind of hike, almost more of a walk that you can do. Um, There's Mill Creek Trail, which will take you to this like beautiful fountain that's also a big swimming hole, and you'll see petroglyphs on the way. These are all outside of Arches and Canyonlands National Parks. Yeah. And with that, I have to say, like, Moab is not just Red Rocks. Like, get up into the LaSalle's. The LaSalle Mountains, which are very near there, are stunning. And again, Alpine, there was a terrible, terrible fire there a couple years ago, which resulted in quite a bit of the landscape burning. Um, But like all things that burn, it's regrowing. Um, So yeah, I don't know. And then I do have to say, Emily, like honorable mention to Bluff and Bears Ears National Monument, if you get to Moab and you want to drive another two hours, like make a day or two of visiting Bears Ears and Bluff. Um, And then if you want to go to Monument Valley, sure, but that's in Arizona. And so that's not, that's out of our jurisdiction. Right. That's not within (laughs) the scope of this podcast. I have to tell you, Allie, Bears Ears has always been on my to-do list, my must-see list. So, you know, obviously I have some national parks I still need to check off, but it's good to know that there are these other options out there. Yeah, 100%. Okay, Allie. If you were to offer just one piece of advice for people planning weekend trips in southern Utah, what would it be? You know, if you type national parks in Google and click news, you are going to see so many stories of people getting hurt in these spaces. And terrible injuries tend to happen because I think sometimes when we recreate in and around the national parks, people think like, well, this is a federally managed play zone. Like what could go wrong? You know what I mean? And the truth is like, it's not, right? It's not a Disney park. It is wild. It's the vast expanse of nature. These are wild spaces. And I think about this a lot because particularly in Salt Lake sort of outdoorist culture, there's a lot of pageantry and in the West in general. And I think it's kind of a perverse idea to think about nature as something to conquer. Nature is the boss. Don't let learning that lesson be dangerous, okay? So don't try to beat a rainstorm into a slot canyon. Don't teeter on a rocky edge to get a photo. Like bring more water than you could ever possibly imagine needing. Just remember that, like, even though the signage is beautiful and polished, you are in a wild space and you should take all of the thoughtful measures to keep yourself and your family and your dog, like, safe. And I think if you have that attitude, then 
you'll be able to come back to these places a lot because you'll have a good experience. Ali Vallarta, thank you for helping us get outside safely this fall. You bet, Emily. You know I love whenever you go outside. I consider it a victory. (laughs) (laughs) All right. This was part one, just a reminder, of our three-part fall getaway guide. Tomorrow we bring you a photographer's guide to leaf peeping. Oh, yeah. Get the shot. But if you want all these locations and links neatly packaged for you, I recommend subscribing to our daily email newsletter, Hey Salt Lake. You can do that at the link in bio or at our swanky new website, saltlake.citycast.fm. That is all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. We will be back tomorrow morning with more great ideas for your fall weekend getaways. Bye.